The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? <laughs> no, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Hey, what's going on? It's Tuesday night, and we are podcasting. This is your Wednesday morning edition a little bit earlier, actually, a little bit later at night. Welcome. It's uh, Fantasy Football Today After Dark. And I'll tell you right now, there's some type of gathering going on from my neighbors right outside my room here. And that is pretty distracting. But I'm going to stay focused here. I'm Adam Azer with Heath Cummings talking wide receiver tears with Jacob Gibbs. And Jacob, I hate to read one of your emails on the air. But I, I said, oh, excellent. This is this is a great start. Yeah, yeah. I said, Jacob Heath's tears. And he said, I said, not sure if I sent you these. He said, wow, you had not. This will be an interesting discussion <laughs> for sure. Well, OK. Like, <laughs> and I don't think a lot of people know. Um, maybe we talked about it last time, but. Like if there's ever two people who are not going to argue on the show, it's probably Jacob and I. But yeah, it's amazing how much different these tiers are. It is not quite as amazing as the fact that two people from our town are on the Fantasy Football Today podcast at the same time. But <laughs> it is remarkable. Like, I mean, we could just start with tier one and, and there's no disagreement. Is that right? Tier one is <laughs> two people for both of you. Oh yeah, how about that? Justin Jefferson the two and Cooper man Cup. Top tier. Yeah. And that is the last thing that we will agree on tonight. <laughs> no, I'll you... start I'll start disagreeing with you right here. Justin Jefferson number one. That's what Jacob has Justin Jefferson one and, and I, I refuse to acknowledge any rankings within my tiers. The whole purpose of me <laughs> putting together these tiers, which I never do, is that I don't have to have discussions about rankings because they're tiers. Everybody in these tiers are equal. That is kind of the point, right? So, yeah, so <laughs> Heath has Cup ahead of Jefferson. J- uh, Jacob has Jefferson one, but they're both the only players in the first tier. So that's kind of the point. Yeah, I mean, you can't really use those tiers, uh, that particular tier, to your advantage. It's not that big of a tier, but um, we don't really have to argue that. I think there are more interesting arguments to have, but <laughs> when you said, Jacob, when you said this is going to be an interesting discussion, what what prompted that? I said the same thing when I Heath and I jumped on here, just to be clear. This is uh, not me bad math and Heath in the, in the emails here, but uh, there's just some really wide gaps. So, like, I have CeeDee Lamb as my wide receiver three ahead of Jamar Chase, and Heath has him in tier three. Um, I think I think Brandon Cooks was outside of my top 30 last time I looked, and he's in tier three with CeeDee Lamb. So, like, <laughs> just there is, like, a, a wild starting point. That jumped off the page to me as soon as I saw it. Uh, Jerry Judy, obviously, like he hadn't done a tier eight, and I think he's in tier five for me. Uh, just really like normally Heath and I align on a lot of the, the ways we think about, you know, fantasy, but like there's definitely some some here that we're going to have clear disagreements on. And I'm just excited to hear why. Uh, well, and I think I don't know this, but like Adam really kind of busted my chops in the running back tier section about how I had too few tiers. Too many players jumbled up in the same tier. And I do believe that um, like your tier five ends at wide receiver 53. And that might be in my tier eight. Yeah, that's fair. So you have a lot more players in a few of the tiers than I do. I think you have a very nice amount of tiers, Heath. You have 10 tiers that we've laid out here. Cup and Jefferson (laughs) are in tier one. I think my two biggest... Issues with Heath's tiers, and will one of them will be also with Jacobs, uh, is DJ Moore and Brandon Cooks. DJ Moore in tier two. So if we look at Heath's tier two, you know, because Jacobs tier two is much bigger. How many are in tier two for you? 
eight it looks yeah yeah eight players nine players nine players yes yeah, sorry nine yeah. players for heath it's only four and it's jamar chase Devonte adams dj moore and stefan diggs yeah uh wow <laughs> so uh, you also have him as a tier two wide receiver but probably not you know a top six wide receiver i don't know uh you think you have yeah, a tenth yeah he's ten so, so but to be clear, yeah. all of those players in tier two are also in Jacob's tier two. So we agree about them as well. Yeah. Right. Except Jacob also <laughs> has AJ Brown, T Higgins, Mike Evans, and Debo Samuel in the same tier as, as Chase Adams and Diggs and more. Uh, plus he has CD lamb in tier two and you don't, but I guess the best way to do this is really just focus on Heath's tiers. I think otherwise it'll be too much jumping around and people will get confused. So, um, yeah, I don't know. DJ Moore in the same tier as Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams, and Stefan Diggs is shocking for me to see. Uh, right. But and and you know, all of us. Dave was actually, I think, very, very lukewarm on the idea. I think, but he still was higher on Moore after the Baker Mayfield trade. All of us were much higher. Jamie said, "I'm not as high as Heath on on DJ Moore, but I'm very high. I got him ahead of AJ Brown in full PPR. He, I think, he said he'd take him around the two three turn." That's kind of where I am. I think that's where Jacob is. But in a tier with Jamar Chase, Devonta Adams, Stefan Diggs seems a little too rich for me. Yeah, and this is like this might be a little bit of the um, I don't know if you remember the Ben Gretsch talk about Stefan Diggs before Stefan Diggs had the breakout, but one of the things he talked about that I that I really kind of took to heart was the fact that DJ GJ Moore had shown the ability to excel in every way as a wide receiver. And, and over the last two or three years, we've really seen that. Now, there is one way that DJ Moore has not succeeded, and that's getting into the end zone. I don't hold that against him. He's played on a team that's not had more than 17 passing touchdowns in each of the last three seasons. He's scored more than 25% of their touchdowns. Stephon Diggs has scored 26% of the Bills' touchdowns. I don't think it's DJ Moore's fault. And Baker Mayfield, for the problems that he's had, touchdown rate's never been one of them. In fact, he's been above average in that regard. Maybe... He'll be slightly below average in Carolina, but I don't think he's going to be bad. So I've got the Panthers scoring 10 more touchdowns this year than they have in any year in the last three and twice as many as they did last year. But we saw more last year earn 163 targets on a team that like they weren't even one of the top pass attempt teams in the NFL. They, they were maybe a little more pass heavy than they'd like to be, but 599 attempts for the Panthers last year that's just barely above league median. So it wasn't as if Moore earned those targets because they were throwing the ball 700 times like the Buccaneers. He earned an elite target share. We've seen it every year besides last year when he had Sam Darnold produce elite in terms of on a yards per target basis. I think we'll get a little regression positively in terms of what we saw from his efficiency last year. I expect the target share to be similar, if maybe dinged a little by Christian McCaffrey. Um, but I, I just I think it's all there, and Baker Mayfield's going to bring the touchdowns. Go ahead, Jacob. What do you think about this? I love everything you said. I think um, Baker <laughs> even, Baker presents a huge upgrade just by being average or slightly below average. I everyone realizes Sam Darnold was bad, but like statistically, he was as much of a hindrance as anyone really could have at quarterback last year. Um, especially, I dug into this uh, just analyzing the the trade right after it happened. Um, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson are really, really good against man coverage, have been historically. Uh, DJ Moore has been like a 90th percentile or higher um, producer versus man coverage every year until last year. And Sam Darnold's like one of the worst quarterbacks versus man um, in recent me- <laughs> memory. Yeah, I think you um, can just take out versus man. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, but like specifically, that's somewhere that DJ Moore really excels and was just like taken away. He just can't hit open guys. And DJ Moore is consistently getting open against man and like making big plays. And when he just loses that, that's huge. Um, the other thing is, I just dug into this today. Um, so this is uh, wide receiver versus their teammates, uh, the discrepancy in their yard per route run rate. Um, just to, in some cases, it's like obvious Devontae is like clearly much better than everyone in Green Bay. But in other cases, it's like this guy's in a bad situation and just not able to produce because the situation is so bad. But he's like clearly the only one that's being even a little bit productive in that situation. And there were just five guys that were 50% um, above the rest of their teammates. Um, and it was Devontae, A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel, Tyreek Hill, and D.J. Moore. Um, and there's just, there's just so many metrics that I look at that D.J. Moore pops as like truly, truly elite. Was that, so, sorry, was that just wide receivers? 
Just at the wide receiver okay. position. Because obviously you said Tyreek Hill. He's not that much right. better than Kelsey, but sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, um, look, I, I get it. But when, when Stefan Diggs had his breakout, Josh Allen averaged 284 yards per game and threw 37 touchdowns. It's just... It's just not going to happen with Baker Mayfield. I, I just don't see how DJ Moore has anything close to the upside that those three guys, they put in DJ Moore in the same tier as Jamar Chase. Are you out of your damn mind? Mm. Adams, I don't know what to expect, but Stefan Diggs, who's going to probably have more targets or as many targets than DJ Moore on a significantly better, with a significantly better quarterback. I just... I'm sorry. I can't just let this DJ Moore kumbaya moment go. This is outrageous. <laughs> this was not supposed to be the fun part of the show, Adam. We're uh, supposed sorry. to give the Brandon Cooks cheer. <laughs> we're, we're, we're just building up a little bit of goodwill okay. before <laughs> the disagreements. Okay. All right. I love, I love DJ Moore. Um, and, and we like, uh, we like a lot of people like Brandon Cooks. He obviously likes some more. So we go to tier three here. Are we really just like unleashing the tiers like this? I got to do my time codes uh, a little bit better. <laughs> tier three uh, is Brandon Cooks, Keenan Allen, Mike. And, and, and these again, I refuse to acknowledge any order within these tiers. Okay. Good, because you have the order completely wrong. Brandon Cooks, <laughs> <laughs> just with Cooks. You don't have Cooks ranked ahead of Keenan Allen and Mike Evans. No. Right. No, okay. I don't. All right. So Cooks, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Debo Samuel, CeeDee Lamb, and Tyreek Hill. All right. So, Jacob, now you can disagree with Heath on something here. Um, with Cooks being in this tier with Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Debo Samuel, CeeDee Lamb, and Tyreek Hill. Honestly, I would, I would rather hear Heath start because I don't even understand. I don't know where to start. I think his ceiling's not comparable to anyone in this tier. Um, Agreed. And I, think, and I think there's a decent chance that like his floor is lower than we're accounting for. Um, I think a lot of his volume last year like came in and like times when there was no one else to throw to at all. Like even Nico Collins was out, and that was helping him. Um, and I I think John Mechie is legitimately going to get targets. I think they're going to design plays for him and that like last year everything was designed around Brandon Cooks. Um but I I, I am curious how he fits into this tier. I really want to hear it. Yeah, yeah. And I just don't like I don't think the target share is going to change that much. Like you want to talk about a guy who thoroughly dominated targets. There was Nico yeah. Collins was second on the team with 60 targets last last year. Um and that was over what 14 games. Cooks missed a game as well. Um but his 134 targets kind of sold short by the fact that they were so slow. I believe they were the second or third slowest team in terms of play mm -hmm. volume in the league. So I do think there will be more pass attempts. I don't necessarily expect Mechie, especially, like, I don't know if he's going to even be on the active roster for week one at this point. Right. Sure. Um, so I don't really expect he's going to impact Cook's target share this year. And, that, and I, the reason I think Cook will be better than he was last year is because in terms of efficiency, he's been better than that basically every year of his career. He was playing with a rookie quarterback last year who was better than we expected him to be. But I do think you'll see at least a small amount of improvement from Davis Mills, which will be reflected in the efficiency of Brandon Cooks. I would expect that if his target share stays the same, his targets are actually going to go up over the 134 that he saw last year. And like we've Brandon Cooks has been a, a borderline number one wide receiver, high end number two wide receiver for several years. And most of those years, the following year, we've just discounted it and said he's not going to do that again. And we draft him like he's not going to do that again. Yeah, but he was not even top 20 last year per game. Although it certainly, you know, it felt that way toward the end of the year because he finished strong. But he was 23rd per game in PPR. He's never, in full PPR, Brandon Cooks has never had a top 10 finish. He's been 11th. He's been 12th. He's always been around there. But he's never had a top 10 finish in full PPR per game. He has in non-PPR. His highest finish is 8th. So he'd have to, he'd probably have to have his best season ever. To I think justify that was a bold prediction, tier. wasn't it? That he was going to have his best season ever? It's, it's a bold prediction is one thing. Putting him in that tier is another thing. You're tiering your bold prediction. I am tiering <laughs> my bold. Well, that's I guess that's technically true. Um, I don't know that he has to have a career year to finish at the bottom of this tier. What's that put him at? Like wide receiver 14 or 15? 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, I think. 13. Yeah, 13. So it's, it's very, very close. Um, but yeah, I... I guess Mechie would be the the main difference between last year and this year. 
because I do expect more pass volume and I expect a slight increase in pass efficiency from the team. I think the offense itself is going to be slightly better just because of competence. Um, so okay. in, if Mechie doesn't impact his target share, I don't, I don't know how he's not better. Real quick, um, on routes with Nico Collins on the field, Cooks was targeted on 23% of his routes compared to 29% uh, when Collins was off the field, which is a significant difference. 29% is like near Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, 23%. Like, right. Yeah, really. I mean, wide receiver two. That Cooper Cook, uh, 23% is probably would be good for C.D. Lamb, right? So C.D. Lamb was about, yeah, 22 23% last year. So let's yeah. talk about C.D. Lamb because he's in tier three for Heath and he's your th- number three wide receiver ahead of Jamar mm-hmm. Chase. Go ahead. Yeah, so uh, speaking of target per route run rate, uh, his rose to 28% in routes run with Adamari Cooper over the last two years. Um, I think that's noteworthy. He saw clearly the biggest boost of you know him, Gallup, and Dalton Schultz when Cooper was off the field. Um, obviously, this is banking on some progression from what we've seen because he really hasn't been the guy that people thought he was going to be you know through two years. Um, but we saw him you know get more routes on the perimeter and be more efficient with those routes when Amari was out. And so I'm just with, I'm, I don't expect much progression from Gallup. I think his underlying data is really discouraging for the past two years. Um, so I'm projecting a slight boost in Don Schultz numbers and a pretty significant boost in CD lambs in year three. And it, it comes out to one of the best fantasy receivers available. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and I don't like that type of upside. I can see the thing that holds me back is just the Dak Kellen Moore history of not actually having an alpha wide receiver. Yeah. It's it's always just kind of an Adam reference like 24, 25%, I think, is about the, the max anybody's had in that range. And maybe they're in a situation now, like especially if Tolbert isn't what they want him to be and Gallup isn't any good, then maybe they'll just kind of be forced to. But they both of them, both Kellen Moore and Dak Prescott, have been really averse to to funneling targets to to one guy it seems like i got I think, to yeah go no, ahead i'm okay. sorry go, go ahead go ahead jake i think that's fair i uh honestly like i don't feel great about him at three i just don't feel great about any of the guys after him i think that they're all interchangeable um, i think you should dj more about there you will feel better <laughs> <right. about> <laughs> you're you're overthinking it by not having jamar chase in your top three i'm sorry but I, like the guy is just he's probably the best wide receiver in football and he's just gonna die he's about to go all <laughs> calvin johnson on us he is that good of a football player he's just gonna he's own better than justin jefferson he He's probably he was he teammates has, with him, and he was better than Justin Jefferson. He had a better rookie year. I think you could you could say they had a very similarly great rookie year, but he's probably than better than Justin Jefferson. Come on, Gibbsy. I'm not buying it. Nothing that I see points towards that. I no, mean, he hasn't more shown that yet. Like I, I would not dispute the fact that that's possible and that he might show it this year. Yeah, but he he was and he he was not a one trick pony last year, but so much of his production just came on the same thing. And teams can take that away. They no, no, just, that's not... Look at the plays. You're talking about the 50-yard touchdown catches? Well, the the fact that he scored a bunch of long touchdowns, yes. Yeah, but but he showed some of those... Some of those were... He was got wide open, you know, but there were a couple at least, I would say two, where he just caught the ball intermediate route-ish, maybe like 15, 20 yards, I don't know, and just ran by everybody. I mean, the yeah. guy has incredible speed. And right. he's he's fulfilling the prophecy. I mean, Sometimes this, <laughs> he ran by everybody before he caught the ball. Sometimes he ran yeah. by everybody after he got the ball. <laughs> Look, he you have to you have to dream big. But Randy Moss did back up that rookie season um, with not as many touchdowns, but more yards, and f- I think five more fifty-plus yard touchdown catches. Jamar Chase can do that too. I I believe he, in him. I think he definitely yeah. can. Yeah. I just don't think it projects that way. Really, Brandy Moss and Tiger Kill are the only people who have ever done it sustainably over like more than one or two years. Right. Okay. So so who's number three? CeeDee Lamb is number three for Jacob. And Heath, who's your number three? Well, um, we're, not, we're not talking about tiers anymore. Yeah, yeah. We're just back to quick discussion here. Jamar Chase is my number three. Okay. Because at one point it was Adams, right? Uh, Yeah. Okay. It definitely was when he was on the Packers. No, no, I think with the Raiders, wasn't it? It it might have been, right. but this is a tear show. <laughs> uh, I do want to read one quote for you here um, that I thought was so interesting. I just brought it up for those of you who are watching the live stream Tuesday night. I, re- I came across this uh, yesterday. 
an article on ESPN about the Carolina Panthers and how um, Terrace Marshall needs to step up. Look at this quote from Matt Rule. I, I hire In hiring Ben McAdoo, that's their new offensive coordinator, one of the things for me that was really important was I didn't want to just utilize one or two players. I wanted to make sure we had answers for every coverage. We had answers for every blitz. That should give you an idea in terms of what some of my concerns were last year. So one, he is saying he wants to get more people involved. Whatever. DJ Moore's still the best. But man, did he just destroy Joe Brady? We didn't have answers for every coverage and every blitz. That should give you an idea. What he said was, I want to make sure we had answers for every coverage. We had answers for every blitz. That should give you an idea in terms of what some of my concerns were last year. That is a a really hot quote that you don't see very often. I appreciate that honesty. I I would just like to know whether Matt Rule or Joe Brady had more input on the Sam Darnold trade. Because if you would like to have answers for every coverage and every blitz, Sam Darnold should not be your quarterback. (laughs) Maybe it's a Sam Darnold quote. Maybe it's about Darnold and not Brady. I, maybe. Um, all right. So let's uh, let me talk about a few things real quick. We've got a lot of great podcasts that you, you need to check out. Podcasts, uh, cbssports.com slash podcasts. And you can vote for most of them. Most of them are nominated in, on podcast awards. But of course, we want you to vote for this one. So if you're watching the video, you can scan the QR code. If not, go to podcastawards.com or specifically, I think it's podcastawards.com slash app slash sign up. And just please nominate Fantasy Football Today in two categories, sports best sports podcast and best male-hosted podcast. If you want to do People's Choice, we're nominated for that as well. We'd really appreciate it. Um, follow Jacob on Twitter at Gibbs underscore 23. And sportsline.com is terrific content. So affordable. You'll make your money back immediately. Because uh, it's got great gambling content, but the fantasy coverage is awesome as well, and that's where you can find most of Jacob's stuff. And his Twitter feed is great too; uh, really gets into the numbers and looks at stats that you just you're not going to hear anywhere else. Okay, uh, with and he that, he did just make me drop Brandon Cooks to a 25 percent target share with his Nico Collins <laughs> hey. stat. All so right. he's still in tier three. He just, if I was ranking them, would be ranked lower in it. Tier. I'm just going to recap here. Tier one was Cup and Jefferson. Tier two was Chase, Adams, DJ Moore, and Stefan Diggs. Tier three was, I'm going to read Cook's name last. Keenan Allen, Micah <laughs> Evans, Chris Godwin. I, I wish we had more time. We should get into Godwin. We'll do that at a later date. I just don't know. Like, put Godwin wherever you want, but I... There's report every week we get a report that either he has no timetable or the Bucks are optimistic he's going to play week one. So, oh, <laughs> okay, Chris Godwin, would, Debo Samuel, he would probably be in tier two if he was 100 percent healthy right now. C.D. Lamb, Tyree Kill, and Brandon Cooks, and that brings and us to tier four. One, one more thing. Yep, I, I really enjoy interrupting you mostly. <laughs> You're doing great <laughs> because Jacob's tiers are half PPR, and we kind of went back and forth on that a little bit. Debo and Mike Evans specifically would move into tier two in half PPR. Um, and maybe Debo should be there in full PPR if he's not going to run and he's going to get 10 targets a game instead. I just don't know which of those two Debos is the is the one to expect. Albert on YouTube right now is asking, where is Michael Pittman in your tiers? Wait no longer. He is in tier four, a small tier. Michael Pittman, A.J. Brown, and T. Higgins. And in your 12-team drafts, you're into round three, maybe I've taken A.J. Brown 25th, overall 24th, 25th. Um, A.J. Brown, T. Higgins, and Michael Pittman. This is Heath's tier. What do you think, Heath? Is this ideally your number two guy? Are you comfortable with this being your number one guy? All three of these guys are talented enough to be number one guys. All three of these guys are talented enough to have the types of seasons that justify putting them in tier two. All three of these guys I have just a little bit more concern about either situation or volume or health or all three in in the case of, of uh, A.J. Brown. I mean, I love A.J. Brown. Yeah. He's, I think a, maybe A.J. Brown could have a Justin Jefferson-Jamar Chase season, but the combination of Jalen Hurts and maybe only 500 pass attempts, and he's, like as far as receivers that have had a hard time staying healthy, he's he's had as much trouble as anybody. Uh, you said that they have the, the talent to be in the in a, you know, Tier 2, Michael Pittman, A.J. Brown, and T. Higgins. How confident are we in that in that statement for all three of these guys? People, and I think specifically, people would don't know who they don't know who Michael Pittman is yet. 
So, Jacob, what do the numbers say about Pittman? Is he? Is he? I mean, he's not AJ Brown because I know you think AJ Brown. I <laughs> think the world of him. Um, but is Michael Pittman that kind of player? Could he really be that good? I have him a tier below these two guys, and I think it does kind of come down to talent. Um, I think they're in similar situations. T. Higgins is weird compared to the other two because it's a higher passing volume offense, um, more touchdown potential. But um, Pittman, no, he, he he what we saw last year was really exciting. Um, he had a massive step forward across the board um, in all his underlying data, but still is nowhere near um, AJ Brown or T. Higgins. T. Higgins has been incredibly encouraging. This is what we've seen. That's why I'm a little bit lower on Jamar Chase's. When Tegans and Jamar have both been on the field last year, T. Higgins had more targets, more air yards, more fantasy points. Um, and then A.J. Brown, what we've seen from A.J. Brown is unprecedented. He was targeted on 30% of his routes last year. The only other guys that did that was Cooper Cup and Devontae Adams. Um, he, when he was on the field in 2021, had a higher percentage of his team's targets and air yards than any player in the NFL when they were on the field. Um I, there was another stat that was I gave on the FFT and five that was the exact same as Calvin Johnson. Yeah. Uh, so his 30% target per hour run rate in year three um, made him the only receiver since 2010 to do that um, in an age 24 or younger season since Calvin Johnson. Um, AJ Brown stands in a tier of his own. I believe that maybe he's just going to keep getting hurt every single season and have weird circumstances every single year. But like, I believe he's a legitimate stud. Whereas Pittman, is really exciting, similar to Darnell Mooney, someone like that, um, but not somebody I'm, I'm ready to, you know, put into tier two yet. I yeah, and I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't want to say that Pittman, like I wouldn't, wasn't trying to say I think Pittman has the same talent as AJ Brown. I have more concerns about Brown than I do Pittman. Yeah, that's fair. Do you think you take these three players, Michael Pittman, AJ Brown, and T Higgins? Do you take them before Kyle Pitts? I do. Yeah, I do. You're just talking about redraft? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you take them before Ezekiel Elliott? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you take them before David Montgomery? Most of the time, yeah. I do not. Okay. But I'm the David Montgomery guy, so. And that's ADP. I mean, it's A.J. Brown, James Conner, Zeke, David Montgomery, T. Higgins, Cam Akers, Kyle Pitts. Michael this Pittman. is an early round three, mid round three, both. Uh, I'd say okay. mid mid to late. Yeah, mid to late. AJ Brown is twenty ninth, so yeah, mid mid to late round three. Pittman yeah, I've got is round Pittman twenty nine, Brown thirty, Higgins thirty two. So I'm I'm right in the same range as ADP. The problem is, and we were talking about this, especially with guys like like six or seven. If you're ranked similar to ADP, you're never drafting them because there's always guys you have ranked higher than ADP that are still available. So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, good options around 30th overall uh, for, for the tier four in Pittman, A.J. Brown, and T. Higgins. We're going to take a break. When we come back, tier five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. And exciting tiers here uh, for sure. I mean, if you, if you listen to last week's episodes, you know what we're talking about. But tiering them is very interesting. So we'll be right back on Fantasy Football today. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, let's take a closer look at Tier 5. It is Deontay Johnson, Terry McLaurin, 
Jalen Waddell, Mike Williams, Darnell Mooney, and Cortland Sutton. Deontay Johnson, Terry McLaurin, Jalen Waddell, Mike Williams, Darnell Mooney, Cortland Sutton. Heath, describe tier five. For reference sake, this is wide receiver 17 through 23 in the rankings. So this, um, in terms of uh, some people's tiers, may be like tier three. Um, <laughs> but uh, just that that, that uh, Pitt Brown, Pittman, Higgins tier, I think, kind of throws everything off. This is a weird one because you've got some guys like Johnson and Waddle and and maybe even Mooney who have been in situations where they've earned just like really elite target share but didn't do with those targets what we would like or what we thought they were going to in the case of Waddle. And now I have concerns about whether the target share is going to be the same. Waddle's got Tyree Kill coming into the situation. Johnson's got a team that might just throw it 100 times fewer or at least 60 times fewer um, with Ben Roethlisberger no longer there. Um, but for the most part, these are just number two wide receivers that maybe if everything goes right and a couple guys get hurt, could sneak into the top 12. All right, yeah, I think we need to talk philosophically more about these tiers because this is a six wide receiver tier for me. You said it started at wide receiver 17? Yep. And you've separated them from their next tier. I'll, I'll go through all three of these names again, but this tier is Deontay Johnson, McLaurin, Waddle. Mike Williams, Mooney, and Sutton. Then it's Cooper, Marquise Brown, Thielen, Michael Thomas, Metcalf. And then it's Juju, Bateman, Allen Robinson, Amandra St. Brown, Robert Woods, Tyler Lockett. You've got six players in this tier. At this point in the rankings, Jacob has 18 players in this tier. So, and I, and I can see it, right? I mean, that's kind of wide receivers rounds four through six, kind of. This is, yeah. it's, it's sometimes hard to separate them. So Heath, if you would say the one thing that separates tier five, Deontay, McLaurin, Waddle, Mike Williams, Mooney, and Sutton from six and seven would be what? I think it's way more likely these guys have, in my estimation, a borderline number one wide receiver season. Okay, Jacob, now... Like if, if you went robust RB, took a couple of running backs early and a tight end, and one of these guys ended up as your number one wide receiver, I don't have to dream that hard to figure out a way that maybe I don't have a terrible number one wide receiver. Maybe my number one wide receiver is okay. Okay. Jacob, why do you have such a big tier with 18 wide receivers? Because I, I just don't think that there's much that separates most of these guys. You've, I, I, so you've got some guys that, um, like Darnell Mooney, who I feel very confident that he's going to have the volume of a wide receiver one. And like even if he can just have kind of the types of seasons we've seen from Deontay lately, um, he's going to be a top 20 guy. Um, but then you have Jalen Waddle, where it's like, I have no idea what to expect. I have a hard time projecting him even to be a top 24 receiver. Um, there's just a lot of guys with really wide ranges of outcomes here and they all project pretty similarly. Um, I wish I kind of, I would prefer to like group them into like a group of more volatile, you know, wider ranges of outcomes and then more like sure things like maybe Darnell Mooney or like, I think Jerry Judy, if he's healthy this year, um, Chris Godwin, if he's healthy, um, but like, I want to keep the rankings aligned the way that I actually have them ranked. So it ended up just being this massive tier. Yeah. See, I didn't do that at all. Um, right. <laughs> but that's, the, <laughs> that's the beauty of our uh, creative freedom that we have. Um, I did think it was interesting. Like, while Jacob has a, a much larger tier, all of these guys that are in my tier five that we're talking about are in Jacob's tier three, except for Deontay Johnson. Who or no? All of these guys are in his tier four, except for Deontay Johnson, who is a tier ahead of all these guys. And Darnell Mooney, I have in tier. Th- oh no, oh, you're right. Mooney with Johnson? Yeah. No, he's just behind you, right? Okay, so you like Deontay Johnson a little bit better than this big group. So yeah. okay, do you like Pittman or Deontay? I prefer Pittman. They're really, really close. Um, the more I run projections on Pittsburgh, the more I get a little bit worried about Deontay. And then also, like, the more I dig into Chase Claypool, we're getting off topic here a little bit, but, like, the more I dig into his numbers, his per-out rates are, again, really good in year two. Um, talking about the wide receiver discrepancies versus teammates, that was something, that, another area where Claypool really, really stood out. Um, and the route tree that he runs aligns more with the types of routes that Trubisky is like to target, and Kenny Pickett as well. Um, so, yeah, I just keep getting a little bit worried about Deontay, which I hate because I've been so high on him for the past three or four years and, like, think he's legitimate like wide receiver one stud target drawer. But yeah, 
I'm hearing Heath talk about him as well. And this next year, I think I might be moving behind Pittman, Keenan Allen, Tyreek Kill, some of those guys. A couple things here. Uh, first of all, this comment from Timmy. Adam is on something tonight. Ha, ha, ha. Does it sound like I'm on something? <laughs> no. Remember that you had a, I remember I saw a picture of you once that looked like you were on something. Yeah, I've never been on something in my life. Uh, when I had bronchitis, when me I was neither. like sixth, I was uh, like sixth grade or something, I think I took codeine and it messed me up, but that's about it. Um, it was, but I think I just, night shows tend to be a little bit goofier, a little bit more fun. Maybe we should do more of them. No, we shouldn't, no. no. Um, <laughs> Uh, the other thing is, let's let's have a couple of discussions right now before we get into tears. Uh, let's have a Deontay Johnson discussion because I think Heath would say the metrics are not kind to Deontay Johnson. And Jacob, who's all about metrics, likes Deontay Johnson quite a bit. And then let's have a Judy versus Sutton discussion. So let's start with Deontay Johnson. And we're going to be positive tonight. So let's have the pro Deontay Johnson. Uh, Jacob, why don't, you, why don't you kick that off? Yeah, so a lot of the metrics that are like not pro Deontay Johnson are per target metrics, um, and that's fair. But like, we're talking about PPR formats here, half or full, and like, the re- part of the reason that his per target numbers aren't so great is because he's drawing such an obscene amount of targets. I don't like when it comes to fantasy and his ability to draw targets. Like, nothing correlates more strongly with fantasy points than targets, and we've seen that finally come to fruition last year with Deontay, even in a bad situation. Um, and there really haven't been any guys who have drawn targets at such a high rate. Um, but do you think he's, do you think he's just, just been a guy who's benefited from volume and he's not that good because Heath will point out he has been terribly inefficient with targets. I want to separate two things. I, I think he has proven elite at earning targets on a very high pass volume team. I am concerned he's no longer on a very high pass volume team. And I'm concerned that he doesn't, He's not getting a quarterback upgrade for the types of things that he does. But you're also yeah. concerned that he has been so inefficient with the targets, right? I think even for a player earning targets like he is, he has been um, less efficient than you would expect. Yes. Okay, Jacob, any, anything to follow up on there? No, I, I think that's fair. I, we did see him be more efficient last year, finally, you know. But yeah, um, I think he's generally a pretty low average depth target guy and like, I think it makes sense the way his efficiency has been, given how bad Pittsburgh has been uh, offensively. Um, he does stand out compared to his teammates, even in efficiency. Like he's been one of the most efficient um, relative to his teammates of any receiver in 2021, at least. Um, and so it's just like, I think that's something to consider as well. As efficiency is, that metrics. In, is that in targets per route run, yards per no, route no, no, run? No, no, no. Like yards per route run. Yards per route run. Right. He's like, Pittsburgh is just, it's been so bad. It's been so hard to be successful there outside of the volume you know but like in terms of it being efficient like mm-hmm. i think it's amazing that him and claypool have been as efficient as they have been you prefer yards per route run to yards per target uh, generally speaking i mean like it's contextual with every stat but yeah okay um all right let's do the uh, judy versus sutton heath you have sutton in this fifth tier and you have judy in tier eight so and I, Jacob also has Sutton in this tier. Just it was in tier four. Is Judy also in this tier for you, Jacob? Uh, Judy is in this tier. Sutton is in this tier. But I have Judy ranked twentieth and Sutton ranked thirty first. Okay, uh, Heath, why do you like Sutton better? I don't have like I I will I'm been looking forward to listening to the case for Jerry Judy because I am more than willing to change my position on this one. I don't have a strong opinion other than a couple of things. Um, Cortland Sutton is the only Denver Broncos wide receiver who has actually had a good fantasy season. And Cortland Sutton is the wide receiver who the beat writers who I trust to reporters who I trust are currently saying has the best connection with Russell Wilson. Um, I get, I don't know. And I'm sure there are some things underlying Jerry Judy. I, I really liked him two years ago and I would be open to believing in him again. But good grief. Sell me, please. All right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Challenge accepted. So when, when Judy and Sutton were both on the field last year, um, Judy, well, really, when Judy was on the field, it doesn't matter who else was on the field. He was clearly the wide receiver one. Um, different quarterback, of course. Um, but Colin Sutton has, he is the only receiver who's had, you know, one good season, but he's also only had that one good season. And it came in a role that's completely different than the role he's playing now. 
Um, when he's been used as a downfield weapon, we have two years worth of debt on him with an A dot above, you know, 12, 13, 14 yards, which is a, again, what I would expect um, while playing with Russell Wilson and playing from the perimeter, Judy occupying the slot role. Uh, he's not been good at all. He's not been targeted at a high rate at all um, and has not been very productive in fantasy. Whereas, like, Judy, on a per route basis at least, has been productive each of his two seasons, even while dealing with really, really poor circumstances. Um, but yeah, last year, 59% of Corbin Sutton's routes came with Jerry Judy off of the field. 83% of his fantasy points came during that time. He, now, when you say off the field, are you talking about the games Judy missed? Or, no. Or just, like, Jerry Judy just doesn't play as much as Cortland Sutton. Routes, Patrick. routes run with Judy on the field versus routes run with Judy off the field. Okay, because there's a third of the plays during the game when Jerry Judy's not on the field. Right. But everybody else on the offense is. Yeah. No. Uh, well, it's not like Sutton's playing 100% of the snaps, right? Okay. Right. And I think snapper would be higher. Uh, yeah. 20, maybe. Um, yeah. I, I just think, like, with the data that we have, Judy projects to be the guy. And also his route tree lines up well with um, with Russell Wilson and the types of routes that he's preferred to target. Um, and so, like, everything that I've seen – points towards him yeah. being the guy over sudden. Um, and then also Judy has been really good. Like it hasn't, he, it hasn't come together because of injuries and everything else, but like he's been really good when he's been in the role that we expect him to play. Um, he's been similarly efficient to DJ Moore um, on similar types of routes as a year two player. Like I. So this, I uh, this is, this is a hard sell. This is why you're on because <laughs> I, I think most people would would question that because right. I don't I, like like the just look at the back of the baseball card kind of thing. That's that's not evident for Jerry <laughs> I Judy. So. I, this is a place, and it that what I'm really curious about is like, do you think because the the what and the guys I've, I've been talking about Benjamin Albright, Cecil Lammy, like they seem to think that it will still be Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick playing more than Jerry Judy. Um, the Judy will, will still play in the slot and still play what, seven, 60, 70% of the snaps like he has. And so if he's better on a yards per route run, but he's not running as many routes, he could be really good on those routes run and not be as good. I, I don't know. Like I, that's, a, that's part of the, I'm not, I'm not trying to make any declaration here. I'm trying to like mentally process through how that equation works out or do we think that this year jerry judy just gets to play a lot more well that's what i can say is there's been a coaching change and they're they've talked about being more pass heavy um letting Russ cook and all that i think they're going to play more through receiver sets um and so like yeah if he's stuck only in the slot then i guess and they and they run similar offense to last year then I, I get what you're saying to some extent um but yeah i i expect him to be prioritized as number one but i i mean it's all speculation at this point we really don't know um, but just based off the depth we have on everyone in Denver, I think he's the most talented receiver. So comparing the three of them, because um, I think like we've talked a lot, and I I brought it up earlier in the offseason, kind of as a downer for both Sutton and Judy, and then I pushed off of it a little bit. But the fact that Tim Patrick, in terms of not yards per route run, but it, just about everything else, yards per game, yards per reception, yards per target, has looked just about as good as Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. And I think if he is, that's a problem for them. <laughs> um, unless, for some reason, Russell Wilson just decides he doesn't like Tim Patrick. Uh, but is there a significant difference when it comes to like yards per route run or some of the other stuff you look at? No, I think to, I mean I think Judy stands out as being better, but I think Tim Patrick has been really better than people realize. Um, and honestly, I just I think he stands as more of a uh, threat to Sutton. Like he his route tree aligns better with Russell Wilson than Sutton's does, um, based off the data that I found, and I you can find it on Sportsline. Um, and I think it's it, it wouldn't shock me if he occupies a larger role from the perimeter than Sutton. Yeah, so that's <laughs> that's that tell that should tell people like in this. What we have to be careful with, because you hear this, and then you also will hear people say, I wouldn't be surprised if Cortland Sutton leads the team in receiving and Tim Patrick second, and Jerry Judy's battling with KJ Hamler. Um, like people say that. And so I think that could scare people away from this situation because it's terrifying. But there's going to be somebody who's really good. Yeah. Um, so I don't think you should avoid them all. The reason why, as much as I love your stats, 
I'm not following you on this one, Jacob, is I don't want to hold I, I don't want to say that Cortland Sutton hasn't been efficient running downfield routes before he gets Russell Wilson as his quarterback. I could easily see one of two things happening. One, he just becomes much more efficient because Russell Wilson's been so good throwing the ball downfield, and Russell Wilson is not a guy who throws short. He throws downfield uh, with Seattle. Or two, he's got more of the 12 to 13-yard dot this year and not the 15, 16 or whatever. That's not ideal for fantasy. You know, he Maybe he goes back to what that dot was in, in his breakout season, his 1,000-yard season. I don't know why. I mean, I can't sit here and say this is why it would happen, but it wouldn't shock me if that happened. So I, I just think that it's it's so easy for Cortland Sutton to be a much better receiver now that he has a much better quarterback. And I, I think his skill set fits very well with Russell Wilson's. Yeah, that's fair. I think there's, I mean, there's so many different variables here, new coaching staff and quarterback, <laughs> everything. We really don't right. know what the roles are going to look like. So tough. I just think Judy's role is more solidified and it's, it's more likely that he plays a fantasy relevant role. We saw Sutton be completely irrelevant last year at times. Judy's generally been like someone you can at least plug in any PPR league when he's on the field. I would say they were honest to God all pretty damn irrelevant. <laughs> but like when they when they were all playing, I mean, I, I can I can give you the numbers uh, after. Well, Judy didn't score any touchdowns. Like his, well, his volume was there and is that of a relevant receiver. And like I think his talent is as well. Not really. I mean, he, so the last ten games, Cortland Sutton had forty targets. Jerry Judy only played nine games. He had forty nine targets. Tim Patrick had forty six. Um, in those nine games, Jerry Judy had 395 yards, 32 catches, 395 yards. Noah Fant was also part of this. He had 41 targets in nine games. So they played, it was 10 games where, you know, after after Judy returned, and they all sucked, <laughs> unfortunately. And this is, they could all be like very, they could all be good, which you want someone to be great maybe, but. But Fant included, you had four guys getting between 40 and 49 targets in that stretch, and they were all pretty bad with them, unfortunately. So I, I don't know what, he, what to even take out of that just horrible mess that Denver was last year. I I, I, I may just may go back to uh, what I had originally done and just put Judy and Sutton like right next to each other with no preference, and I'll take who goes last. But. Okay. Uh, all right, let me move on to Tier 6 now for Heath. Amari uh, Cooper, Marquise Brown... Adam Thielen, Michael Thomas, and DK Metcalf. Cooper, Brown, Thielen, Thomas, and Metcalf. God, I wish they all were followed some sort of theme. Like, yeah, they're older or whatever, but they don't. <laughs> so define tier six. Uh, I think these guys are good. Unless Michael Thomas's ankle doesn't exist anymore or Adam Thielen finally went over the, the age curve. Um, but I'm scared of Jacoby Brissett. And I'm scared of DeAndre Hopkins coming back after week six. And I'm scared of Thielen's age and Thomas's ankle and Drew Luck. Um, but I th- like these guys, I think, are good. Okay, so that's so you love the talent here. I do. Okay. I, I think Amari Cooper's specifically is really underrated. And if you told me that he was going to be Deshaun Watson's number one wide receiver all year, I'd, I'd have him up a couple of tiers higher. Yeah, man, Jaco- you've talked about what Jacoby Brissett can do to a wide receiver. <laughs> It's so bad. <laughs> Just it's so bad. Absolutely destroy them. Yeah. I mean, if 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 Watson suspended for the year, what tier would Amari Cooper be in? Um like the Drake London Garrett Wilden rookie tier? Oh, behind yeah. them? No. Probably nine. That's behind the rookie. So that's Renfro, Dotson, Devontae Parker, Christian Kirk, Russell. Yeah. But if Deshaun Watson was suspended for his none of the year, then he might be in three. Yeah, yeah, when I ran projections with Watson, just like playing the whole time, I think he was wide receiver sixteen. Yeah, which is nuts. How wide of a gap that could be? Yeah, oh, totally, <laughs> totally. Uh, all right, tier seven is Juju Smith-Schuster, Rashad Bateman, Allen Robinson, Amonra St. Brown, Robert Woods, Tyler Lockett. So we're looking at a little bit of a talent drop off from Amari Cooper, Marquise Brown, Adam Thielen, Michael Thomas, DK Metcalf in tier six. Tier seven is Juju, Bateman, Allen Robinson, Amonra St. Brown, Robert Woods, and Tyler Lockett. What would you say about this tier? I would like to know, I'd like for Jacob to tell me one of these guys that doesn't belong in either direction or two. Um, but no, these guys are just like, there's a lot of shrug emoji here. I mean, it's Amonra St. Brown. 
<laughs> like, in I, which direction? He's <laughs> much lower people argue either way. Yeah, I, his so like his year in data last year is really exciting for a rookie, but like I was not excited about his profile at all um, coming out of college. Um, and then it was propped up so much by Swift and Hawkinson being out. He was targeted on 33% of his routes when those guys were off the field compared to 16% when they were on the field. Um, his target priority rate wasn't above 20% with either one on the field and the other one off. Um, so it wasn't like just when they're both off, like anytime one of them was off, it made a huge difference. Um, and then you bring Jamison Williams added to the equation as well. He just doesn't project well for me at all. I think I have him outside of my top 40. Yeah, I, I did. Um, I yeah. moved him up when I saw the speculation that Jamison Williams might not come back until after the bye, yeah. which I think is week seven. Um, and then like every, this is another one where there's just been, and it may be something we laugh about or it may be something we say, why didn't we listen more? But I think I saw something today where Dan Campbell or somebody was quoted as saying, if Dan Campbell could like create a wide receiver on Madden, it would be a Monroe St. Brown. He's a great blocker. He's a tenacious yeah. just monster. Loves of loves the guy. Yeah. And I, I remember reading a lot of articles about him when he was starting to emerge. And it sort of reminded me of Stefan Diggs uh, in his rookie season where guys were saying, guys on the Vikings were saying, Stefan Diggs is going to the Hall of Fame. Uh, different profiles for sure, but I do. It reminded me of Michael Thomas with the uh, like all the catching stuff, but yeah. But Diggs was also mean. a day three pick, and Amonra St. Brown was yeah. a day three pick, so they didn't have the pedigree. Very different players. Uh, I wonder if we're selling him a little bit short. I, I think and this is why I have no interest in Hawkinson. I think it's more likely that St. Brown is a Hawkins that St. Brown is a problem for Hawkinson rather than the other way around. I think one of those two guys probably massively disappointed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, for sure. Um, I'm totally out on both. Campbell Fair. and Ben Johnson were both tight ends coaches, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, the tight end can't disappear. I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, it just, yeah, go ahead. Go it, ahead. It feels like with a Monroe, like there's a there's a clear path to him having like no fantasy value. Mm -hmm. And what's the ceiling in Detroit? I don't know. You think so? I don't. I don't see it that way. He, I think he obviously has a nice connection with Golf, and not only that, he actually had a nice connection with the backups last year because Golf. Missed a little bit of time, maybe just one game, but it didn't slow him down. How can you fake that? You know, how can you just fake that performance as a rookie? I, I Everyone's going to bring up Tyler Higby, and I get it. Uh, but how can you fake that as a rookie, that stretch? Uh, Tampa Mike. Tampa Mike. So he had much <laughs> worse quarterback play, as I recall, in his second year. Um, so I have, yeah, I have that document of all the sophomore wide receivers and what <laughs> that happened was the Josh Freeman period of time. Wasn't I it? think Josh Freeman had a good year and followed that up with a crap year. I think that's kind of what happened to Tampa Mike that and golf didn't have a good year. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so, um, all right. Uh, Is there anybody in that tier you like a lot more than this tier? Cause I, I'd be willing to move somebody up. <laughs> I'm, I'll tell you, I think that you could say Alan Robinson and Adam Thielen are very similar players and you have Thielen a tier ahead of Robinson. What do you think? Yeah. I, I, the only real argument that I've heard for Allen Robinson I don't like because it's basically that he quit on the Bears last year, and I hate to say that about somebody. But if he didn't, that's kind of the opposite of the St. Brown question. Like, how could you be that bad? Yeah. <laughs> he was <Okay>. pretty bad. <laughs> he was pretty bad. And at, the, at that age too, like it's it's the prime. Oh no! Uh, Michael Clayton had almost twelve hundred yards as a rookie, and in his sophomore season, he had three hundred and seventy-two yards. I don't know how many games he played. Yeah. Mike Williams had nine hundred sixty-four yards and eleven touchdowns. He followed that up with seventy seven hundred seventy-one yards and three touchdowns. Um. Yeah, he, he led the team in receiving both years, but Josh Freeman was much worse. So, you know. I actually think if you look at the Detroit quarterback performance in those six games, it probably wasn't that bad. So it is possible that St. Brown will just have worse quarterback play than he did in, in that six-game stretch. Uh, tier could, eight. It could just be tied to Jamison Williams. Sure. Tier eight, a lot of rookies here. Drake London, Gabriel Davis, who I know is that's kind of a controversial one, I think. He's lower on Gabriel Davis than consensus. Uh, Drake London, Gabriel Davis, Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks, Devontae Smith, Jerry Judy, Elijah Moore, Michael Gallup, and DeAndre Hopkins. 
So Jacob, I think you probably have a lot to say about this tier. I have a lot of problems with this tier. Not Jerry. <laughs> take it. Jerry Judy obviously wouldn't be here, but London, Gabriel Davis, Garrett Wilson, Burks, Devontae Smith, Elijah Moore, Michael Gallup, DeAndre Hopkins. Get him. Just I want to soften things just a little bit by just bringing back the context into it. These guys are the same ranking as Jacob's tier five. I have to say something here. Um, Hawk, Dave has a comment in the chat. Hawk is 100% a problem for Amonra. He did nothing last year when Hawk was healthy. Yeah. Actually, he there was only one game where he did something, but in, in the first game of the six-game stretch, he, Amonra St. Brown had a huge game, and Hawkinson was healthy. So I just want to point that out. Go ahead, Jacob. What problem do you have with uh, with Tier 8? So back to Amonra, like, there's just guys in this tier that have clearly like such a higher ceiling, I feel like. Um, Gabriel Davis, obviously, um, Traylon Burks, Drake London, Elijah Moore, Jerry Judy, like all of those guys. Um, I really, really like Gary Wilson as well, but I think Elijah Moore is so good that he might kind of get in his way in year one. Um, but these guys, like, I think any of the names I just mentioned could push into the top 20 and it wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, I don't know if you want to start with any name specifically. For me, it would be Elijah Moore. So you like Elijah Moore over Garrett Wilson? Yeah, I think Elijah Moore like is one of the absolute best young receivers in the NFL. Um, his data at Ole Miss was so freaking good. And then like he came in and did nothing but like dominate the volume when he was on the field. Um, it came on a sort of small sample size and he was targeted at a significantly lower rate when he ran routes with Zach Wilson at QB. Those are like the only two data points that are not just like overwhelmingly positive about what we've seen from Elijah Moore so far. I, you know, he had a big game against the Eagles and Darius Slay. He had a big game against the Dolphins, who have great cornerbacks. He had 141 yeah. yards and a touchdown. Um, he had 77 yards and a touchdown against the Eagles. So I loved that about him. He had 84 yards and two touchdowns against the Colts. They had a pretty good secondary last year. I think, I think, Jacob, I, I think I got to start drafting him a little bit more. I don't think I've taken oh, Elijah yeah. Moore once and I'm regretting it. See, I, I, and I just like, because I don't necessarily. Do you have any faith in Zach Wilson or some faith in Zach Wilson? I think it's little. little. It will be better than last year, right? <laughs> I, I hope he is better than last year. Um, because the, the reason I say that is I didn't like, I loved Elijah Moore. I didn't like the fact that the Jets seemingly first thought this offseason was we must get a number one wide receiver. I thought they had a number one wide receiver. And I thought they had a number two wide receiver in Corey Davis. But don't like you, sixteen million dollars this year. But don't you see like the Cowboys did it? You know, the Broncos probably did it with Sutton, unless they didn't really view him. That I think teams can double dip at wide receiver. No, no, they definitely can. But who, like, they just spent the tenth overall pick on Garrett Wilson when they a year after taking Elijah Moore in the second round. Who is the number one wide receiver in their eyes? Because I don't think the number two wide receiver for Zach Wilson is going to be very good. Right. I think that's fair. That's why I have him, I think, 24th rather than like up in the Darnell Mooney, Michael Pittman type of range, or I guess Jalen Waddell, where it's like right. this guy's a clear stud and like is going to break out this year. I think there are question marks. There's definitely downside with any Zach Wilson receiver. Um, but yeah, what he did last year was unprecedented. He was targeted on 25% of his routes. Uh, only 13 receivers did that. Um, and he was the youngest to do it. Um, and what's really impressive about that is those are really deep routes. His average route depth was 10 yards. Um, the next highest of players that were targeted on at least fourth of the routes was Justin Jefferson at 9.6, AJ Brown at 9.2. And so obviously those types of guys, when you have that formula where they're running really deep routes and still being targeted at a high rate, you just get massive air yards. And that's exactly what happened last year. He had, when he's on the field, he had 44% of their air yards, which was the fifth highest of any player in the NFL. Um, I think Garrett Wilson is really, really, really good at like everything. Um, right. so he, he could come in and legitimately disrupt all of this. Um, but what we saw last year, like shouldn't go under the radar just cause it came on a, you know, meaningless snaps for the jets. And, like, and I think insane. I found the archetype, like the, the, the Jacob Gibbs going, going to break out better than consensus, uh, archetype. It's, it's the high per route run, low per target not quite a full-time player. Like those guys are the, are the guys that stand yeah. out 
versus like what they actually did. Because I think a lot of people, not even looking at yards per target, but just like looking at Elijah Moore's rookie season, he went over 50 yards in four of 11 games. Yeah. And averaged 6.9 yards per target. Um, and then you hear Jacob say what he did last year was unprecedented. <laughs> and, <laughs> that's quite a juxtaposition. I think it's because players who demand that type of volume um, generally do it again. It's really rare for someone to do, demand that type of volume at a young age. Um, really, the only player who's done it and like not been a complete stud in the last like 10 years is Kelvin Benjamin. Um, outside of that, like anyone who comes in and draws targets in the way that he did ends up continuing to draw targets and eventually becoming like a fantasy wide receiver one. Um, so I generally trust in it. But um, right. yeah, I mean, I, I don't blame a guy for having bad efficiency with the Jets last year. Yeah, I mean, look, the, when he succeeded, the problem with Moore is when he succeeded, Zach Wilson typically wasn't playing, Corey Davis typically wasn't playing, and the Jets quarterbacks in the, in the four, he had a six-game stretch that was great. In four of those games, the Jets quarterbacks averaged 46.8 pass attempts per game, and they were just so much better than Zach Wilson. So I think these guys are going to be tied to Zach Wilson, and that's going to obviously give you a chance maybe for value on draft day. They're, they're going to go a little bit later. Um, I, we are almost out of time, so let me move on. So do you here. have basically everyone in this tier higher than I do? And tier eight, um, everyone except for DeAndre Hopkins and Michael Gallup and Devonta Smith. Um, I love Devonta Smith, but I just don't, I can't find a way to project him for volume to be relevant here, which I hate. Yeah. Yeah. I also wonder if he has upside unless obviously if AJ Brown gets hurt, then he certainly does, but how can which, he have... How can he have huge upside with AJ Brown on the field? It's it's tough. Uh, it, tier nine. Sorry, do you guys agree with that premise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I think we should just spend more time on tier eight, and but we can go to tier nine. All right, then give me Jacob. Give me two two players from tier nine that you think should be in a different tier, higher or lower. The names are Renfro. It's gotta be higher. Dotson. Nobody needs to be lower. Than tier <laughs> okay, nine. Renfro. In, in tier nine? Yeah, Renfro, Dotson, Parker. Devontae Parker, Christian Kirk, Russell Gage, Jacoby Myers, Alan Lazard, Chase Claypool, George Pickens, Chris Olave, Kadarius Toney, Kenny Galladay, Jamison Williams, and Brandon Ayuk. This is like 40 through 55. <laughs> uh, the guy I feel the most solid about is Christian Kirk. Um, he is another guy who stands out when you look at his discrepancy versus teammates. He was really explosive last year in an offense that couldn't create explosive plays. Um, and... He's been really, really good when occupying the slot role. We finally saw him get it last year. That's the role he's likely going to play for Jacksonville, whose coaching staff and quarterbacks have you know, targeted the slot at a high rate historically. Um, I think he's going to play a big role um, and probably be a top 36 receiver. I don't think he has upside that someone like Chase Claypool might in this tier um, or, honestly, Kadarius Toney. Uh, his we want to talk about parat rates. Kadarius is Tony's. Jacob is the reason why I love so Kadarius Tony. Hey, Jacob has, has given me this Kadarius Tony Kool Aid that I. Just we need to not go overboard with it because it's a really bulk. small sample size. <laughs> it's like the tiniest. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost as small as Kadarius Tony. Yeah, but right? at the same time, like he was targeted at the fourth highest rate in the NFL, like on a parat basis, like a wow. player. Like it's not. It is a small sample size, <laughs> but it's like he was targeted like he was AJ Brown or something. Um, that's amazing. <laughs> and again, Brandon like, Ayuk, a lot Brandon of that was Mike Lennon. <laughs> yes. And also some of that, like quite a bit of that came with Sterling Shepard off the field when, and this is an even smaller sample size, but when he was on the field with Sterling Shepard, he wasn't targeted quite as high rate. I don't think that much of it was Mike Lennon, by the way. I think his best games came with mm, half of it came with Glennon. No, the his Saints best game, game came almost entirely with the with Saints Lennon. game was Daniel Jones. The Cowboys game was like a quarter of Daniel Jones, and the Rams game, which was my favorite game of him, where he had like three catches for thirty nine yards on one drive, was Daniel Jones. Um, so it wasn't all Mike Lennon. Uh, and then a bunch of crap later in the year was was partially was both was Glennon and and Jones and who the heck was the Jake Fromm? Uh, uh, okay, T- uh, tier ten, Heath. No. Okay. <laughs> Christian Watson, man. I'll take Christian Watson all day out of tier 10. Yeah. Jalen Tolbert, too. I'm very excited for Jalen Tolbert. Are you a Watson or Lazard guy, Jacob? Uh, Watson, there's more like hypothetical upside with him. Um, Lazard's rates are really bad. Um, what, who's Watson? I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm so turned around. I am on something. He's on something. Watson right. or Lazard. You said Watson. 
I thought yeah. I said the wrong name. My bad. Yeah. yeah, I need to be on something right now. <laughs> um, so you said Christian Watson? Christian Watson and then, yeah, Javon Tolbert is the only other guy that really stands out as having like big upside from this group. Okay. All right, is there anything else? <laughs> ah, I'm so tired. <laughs> uh, uh, this is a great show, guys. This is very fun. This is your, like, you're entering into almost hour five on uh, on YouTube today, aren't you? Yeah, man, I've done a lot. Uh, let's see, we had, yeah, over four hours of, of live programming. Yes, yeah, so we're into hour five. And- Throw David Bell in here. If Deshaun Watson actually ends up getting a kind of minimal suspension, I think David Bell could have a really good year. David Bell over Donovan Peoples-Jones then. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think the the way the offense will run, it favors him. I think he – I mean, we've seen Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry on a per-route basis has been targeted like in the top five or ten over the past few years. Um, and I think there's so many just intermediate targets that are vacated. They're either going to go to Njoku or, or Bell. Um, and his college data is really good too. So I'm really excited for him. David Bell led all FBS players with 67 catches on shallow or crossing routes since 2019, according to ESPN stats and information. How many of those types of routes has Deshaun Watson traditionally thrown? Like, I I wonder that between his, we don't have, I'll be curious, I'd be curious on that, like Watson versus Stefanski. Because it seems like they've definitely their tendencies have not been similar. Yeah, but I could be wrong. I, I wrote about that in detail right after the trade was made. You can find it on Sportsline. Um, Amari Cooper is a guy who really stands a benefit. Uh, his route tree is really similar to what they've done with DeAndre Hopkins uh, in his time in Houston, and he has excelled when running those routes in Dallas, Amari. Um, but he has, you know hit the uh, intermediate routes at a, you know, similar to league average rate. I think of Deshaun as like a downfield, you know, thrower. So I, I was a little worried that maybe right. he would ignore that and the offense would change. Um, but I don't, there's no like strong compelling reason to think that it would change. Cool. See you guys. Thank you very much. And we'll talk to you. Uh, well, actually Heath and I are going to do FFT and five now, and yeah. then we'll, uh, we'll talk to you on <laughs> Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. Uh, yeah, no show officially on Wednesday uh, for the YouTube audience. But uh, to Jacob, we appreciate you coming on. Heath, thank you very much. And all of you for watching and listening. Talk to you on Thursday on Fantasy Football Today. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.